Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Saturday on KLBJ with hosts Ed and Ben Clements. They're taking calls at 512-836-0590 or toll-free at 877-590-KLBJ. Welcome to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. Broadcasting live from the Lake Highlands, Texas, Exes Party. This is the End Zone Club on this radio, KLBJ. Did I say the 15th Club? You sure did. Well, I'm sorry. I've been drinking this afternoon uh, and, and because of Longhorn's loss. This is the 15th Club, proudly brought End Zone Club. Uh, you know what? I'm going I'm to mute his mic here. Welcome okay. to the End Zone Club on News Radio KLBJ live from the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas Exes Center. Thank you to our great friends over at Plains Capital Bank, Howard Breen Herman, Coburn Bashrop, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Delaware Subs, where tomorrow they're doing their two-for-one Philly or chicken cheesesteak. Go visit the guys at Delaware Subs. Give me Fly Eagles Fly and tell them Ben and Ed sent you. And also SMB Amusements. That's right. If you want your pinball machine fixed, if you want anything fixed, uh, my friend Steve can do it. And this is the End Zone. Hey, there you go, Pop. Yeah, we are in Dallas after the Longhorns fall today to the Oklahoma Suitors in stunning fashion. 34-30, to 30, it was Dylan Gabriel's touchdown pass of three yards to Nick Anderson in the corner of the end zone with only 15 seconds left that gave the Boomer Sooners a victory. The Longhorns had taken a lead after Burt Auburn pumped in a 47-yard field goal, put the Longhorns ahead 30-27, to 27, and then, lo and behold, no timeouts left for Oklahoma. They got a good kickoff return and drove for a touchdown uh, with only 15 seconds to play. Longhorns' first loss of the year. Oklahoma remained defeated uh, in uh, their effort to get a Big 12 championship. So it's pretty simple. The Longhorns cannot stumble the rest of the way if they want to meet Oklahoma, if Oklahoma uh, wins out or has at least one loss for the Big 12 championship Back here at Jerry World in Dallas the first Saturday in December. And uh, real quick, also, uh, full disclosure, trust tree, everyone out there listening. This is Ben speaking. I know I sound different. I'm a little under the weather right now. This has nothing to do with my 35-minute cry session in the car leaving the Cotton Bowl. I was not screaming. I was not shouting. I did not cry. I'm just a little under the weather. Yeah, just a allergy problem. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. My voice is always like this. Well, uh, the Longhorns lose 34-20. Uh, next up for the Longhorns is the University of Houston Cougars, and that's going to be in two weeks. Longhorns don't play next week. They'll be off as the Longhorns will play at the University of Houston on the 21st. I don't know. Part of me says after this really, really, I'll call it, it's a devastating loss. After this devastating loss, you want to get back on the field as soon as possible. Your thoughts on that? Do you think this one week off will be good for this team or bad for this team? And granted, they should beat Houston. Westlake High School can beat Houston. Houston's no yeah. good this year. You know, as far as the is it good and you're taking time off, is it bad? Are you going to stew or is this going to give you time to adjust and and make the improvements and dot some I's, cross some T's? Who knows? I think that is a subjective question depending on the team and the coaches and the the circumstances on how you, you last played. This game, heartbreaker, rival, you had everything ahead of you, and now it looks like it was all taken away, and now you're back climbing, you know, Mount Everest. I think this is a, in my opinion, this is a bad thing for Texas. I think Texas would like to wash this away as soon as possible and go get a tune-up game before, you know, facing 
uh, BYU, and so I don't know. It was it's an unfortunate game. I think Texas fans they knew they had they had a, a challenge ahead of them in Oklahoma, but I don't think anybody could have predicted that Dylan Gabriel would come out the play he did. I don't think anybody would have predicted that Texas's front seven and the defense would would lay a goose egg the way they did. It was a shocking game, and I think even Steve Sarkeesian would say the same. He, he'd be shocked at what he saw. Scotty Sayers made a great point in the first hour. It was probably good for Oklahoma that Dylan Gabriel didn't play against Texas last year in that 49 to nothing loss because I, I said this earlier, Ben. I didn't think Dylan Gabriel was that, was that awesome. I didn't think he was that good. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wrong about that. Dylan Gabriel threw the touchdown pass. He finished 23 of 38. 285 and a touchdown, but more importantly, he ran the ball 14 times for 113 yards, averaging 8.1 yard per carry. This guy put some moves on the Longhorn linebackers and Mm -hmm. defensive back and just blew through the defensive line. So uh, very impressed with Dylan Gabriel in this win. But as you said in the car, the odds of the Longhorns going to the Final Four look really good with 115 to play in the game. Yep. But after that, it's not looking, not looking as bright right now. No, yeah, and, and it, the, the funny thing is that I think most Texas fans leaving Cotton Bowl, it felt like they had just been beat by thirty points. But they had every opportunity to win that game, and they made every mistake they could have. They had a chance to win with a minute left, and it felt like they, at every turn, did the wrong thing with the three turnovers, with the missed interceptions, with the penalties. Texas played a terrible game, and yet they should have won. It started out terrible for the Longhorns in the first series. Quinn threw an interception, and uh, Oklahoma was able to capitalize on that. You just had – it was a strange game with some just big momentum swings. Oklahoma had the two interceptions from Quinn Ewers. One was not his fault. It was a tip pass. But then Texas had the, the fake punt by Jordan Whittington, which was beautiful for a first down. Uh, Texas had the block punt for a scoop and score, and then it went back and forth. Uh, but on the day, Quinn Ewers was 31 of 37 for 346 yards. And I'm not seeing – I need to look at the charts. Not many were long balls. You you tell me that stat right there, You even including the two interceptions, and you don't tell me the score, I would guess that Texas won the game by 14 just okay. off of those stats alone. That is a phenomenal game from Quinn Ewers. Yes, two of those incompletions, or a few of those incompletions were not his fault. There were some draw passes, and he had the two uh, interceptions. He played a great game. Defense let him down. Defense let him down. If you'd have told me offensively, Quinn's 31 of 37 – for 346, and Jonathan Brooks carried the ball 22 times for 129, averaging almost six yards a carry. I thought Texas wins they this won, game. They won, right? Yeah, yeah, they won, no. But they didn't do it. They didn't yeah. win this game. You know what I kept thinking um, towards the, the end of the fourth quarter? I was thinking to myself, Dylan Gabriel looks great. What would Caleb Williams be doing right now ooh, ooh, the against, way, against oh, Texas? Oh, I know, the way he can run the ball. If OU kept yeah. Caleb, what would he have been doing to that Texas defense? Shredded them. Yeah. And Dylan Gabriel, great quarterback. He's really flown under the radar up until you know today. He's but he looked fantastic. He did. He's had great stats, but he hasn't been in any of the Heisman conversations. I think he went up a few notches today in those conversations, but he just absolutely shredded Texas's defense and emphasis on. 
a dual threat quarterback in college football. Yeah. NFL, it's great to have that, but you know, a running quarterback won't take you to a Super Bowl. You got to be able to pass. In college football, if you have a quarterback that can run on cue, it'll take you beyond the stratosphere, and it showed with Texas today. I think that's a great point because I think when push comes to shove, Quinn Ewers will be an NFL quarterback Mm -hmm. because he's a good drop-back passer. He's not anywhere mobile as uh, Dylan Gabriel is. Well, if you go down the list and you you show me the best college quarterbacks of all time, I'm thinking of guys like Tim Tebow. Michael Vick, Tim Tebow. Michael Vick, uh, Vince Young, running quarterbacks. Yeah. Who, Michael Vick is the exception. He, he panned out in the NFL. But most of those guys are college legends that, that don't make it in the NFL. Dylan Gabriel could end up being an Oklahoma legend for what he's able to do in college that his game won't translate to the NFL. But, gosh, can he play in college? He will not be buying a drink in Norman, Oklahoma no. for the next year for what he did today because mm-hmm. those – Sooner fans were very hungry to defeat the Longhorns after their 49 to nothing loss last year. As we go to break, let's get you up to date on the Big 12. Kansas uh, rebooted today after being defeated by the Longhorns. Kansas all over Central Florida, 31 to six in Lawrence. Watch out, OU, because you've got to go to Lawrence, Kansas, in just a few weeks. Uh, October 28th, Oklahoma plays at Kansas. November 4th, Oklahoma plays at Oklahoma State. November 11th, they got to play West Virginia. Yep. They're playing three red-hot teams. And then the next week, they've got to go play the Mormons out at BYU mm-hmm. uh, in, in Utah. Then they end the season against TCU. It's not all a cakewalk for Oklahoma to get to the Big 12 championship game. Not a cakewalk for the Longhorns, but the Longhorns have an easier time. The 21st, they play at Houston. Houston is no good. Mm-hmm. There'll be more Longhorn fans and Cougar fans. The 28th Texas host, BYU, Steve Sarkeesian's old team. He was a quarterback there. November 4th, Texas plays Kansas State. Kansas State, not as good as we thought. Then the Longhorns have to go to Fort Worth. November 11th, Sonny Dykes has never lost to Texas. Then Texas has to play at Iowa State on the 18th and the end of the regular season against Tech on November 24th. So not easy for either, uh, either team. But you made a great, good point earlier, West Virginia. Yep. West Virginia is the team who's undefeated right now in conference play. They have one loss on the year, and they're playing really, really good. Pop, there is a chance. There is a situation where Texas can, can run run it and go undefeated the rest run of the, the season, table, yeah. and they are still not in the Big 12 championship yeah. due to West Virginia potentially defeating Oklahoma. And West Virginia will have to go to Norma to play the Oklahoma Sooners. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a game to look forward to. Okay, scores. We just saw uh, Alabama defeat the Aggies 26-20 to in College Station, a very disappointing loss for the Aggies, who had high hopes of defeating Nick Saban, but they don't. Bama wins 26-20, to and as we talked about on uh, the 1027 ESPN show on this show, Texas fans want Bama to continue to win because that makes Texas win over Bama look that much better. Uh, we're watching Georgia and Kentucky right now. Georgia leads Kentucky 7 nothing in Athens, Georgia, in a very big SEC game. LSU won in the SEC game against Missouri earlier today. And uh, there's several Big 12 games just about to start uh, around, around uh, the Big 12. Texas Tech is playing Baylor and Waco. That starts at 7. And TCU at Ames, Iowa, uh, against Iowa State. That game also starts at 7 o'clock. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. We're live from Dallas after the Longhorns fall to the Oklahoma Sooners 
8.30. Your thoughts on Texas the rest of the way. Your thoughts on this game. Were you as shocked as we were when the Longhorn defense went south on that last drive when Oklahoma picked them apart to get this 34-30 victory? We'd love to hear from you. Here's our phone number, 512-836-0590. And we'll have more from Dallas on the End Zone Club right after this timeout. Back on the End Zone Club, I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. We broadcast live from Dallas at the Lake Highlands, Texas Xies. It was supposed to be a victory party, but they're still having a good time. We're watching Georgia and Kentucky play on television. Our show brought to you by Plains Capital Bank. Thank you, Paul Hall, you back and crew for your great work through our community. Also brought to you by Howery, Breen, and Herman, Attorneys at Law. Covert and Bastrop, Rocks and the Guys were closed today but open tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road for all your Longhorn gear. Pokey Joe's Barbecue, we're having some Pokey Joe's sausage right now. We brought up having some great Pokey Joe's sausage here at the Lake Highlands, Texas X's. Delaware Subs, no baloney there. Go see our friend Peter Dembski, two for one. Philly cheesesteaks, beef or chicken all day long. And go talk Eagle football with our friend Peter Dembski. Delaware Subs, also brought to you by S&B Amusements and by Dirty Martin's Place. Yeah, Ben. Hey, Pop. <clears throat> you know who who really enjoyed that game today that was in attendance? Hmm. Mr. Greg Stanky. Greg Stanky. SEC commissioner who attended his first ever Texas OU game at the Cotton Bowl. You know that he loved that. He saw that game. He saw the back and forth. He saw the crowds, and he, and he was saying to himself, it's mine. This is mine. I am really surprised. And he had a little news briefing in the press box. You know, Ben, I think he might have got on an airplane and gone to the college station to see the end of the Aggies in Alabama. Because mm-hmm. I didn't see him uh, in in the second half. Bill Hancock was there, who runs the, the bowl committees and everything. That he was there. Uh, uh, Glenn Blackwood was there, the former Longhorn from 1976-77-ish. He runs, he's one of the honchos in yeah. the Orange Bowl, so it was a who's who in the press box. But Snanky has to be really happy with that crowd yeah. and with those two football teams coming to his conference. Well, no, absolutely. If you're the SEC, the, you enjoyed that. You have two bitter rivals, historical programs that are joining your, your, your conference next season. There's, you know, obviously SEC has the. Auburn, Alabama is the pinnacle of, of SEC. That's the biggest rivalry. Yeah. Where do you think Texas OU will land in terms of top rivalries and it, biggest games in the SEC? I think it's going to be one of the biggest games because it's been that way for forever and a day. Yeah, you're right. Auburn, Alabama is ginormous. The Iron Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia and Florida from yeah. Jacksonville is always huge. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be right up there with the big, big rivals. And I think it's going to be interesting to see – and I hope they do this. I hope they don't mess with the scheduling. This game needs to be in the first weekend or the second weekend of October. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from uh, Chris Del Conte and uh, Commissioner Stanky, they want to move this game to 2.30. They'd like it to be in the 2.30 uh, slot well. and get away from the 11 o'clock slot. But saying that, you've got to know that all eyes on the country – we're on this Texas game that mm-hmm. kicked off at 11 o'clock today. And another thing, I think we've discussed this in previous weeks on how the SEC was paying close attention to Texas and Oklahoma to get a little scouting report on how they were going to be entering the SEC next season. And 
it's good for SEC that Oklahoma has really crawled back from the depths they were in last season after a terrible, terrible year they had. Seeing Oklahoma back on top, Texas is, yeah, they lost today, but they're still a, a contender for the playoffs if all goes according to plan for Steve Sarkeesian. So all is well for the SEC, and I think Greg Stanky knows that he's got the best football conference, but they're adding two programs that can put on a show and can really play. And my understanding is they're not doing next year when the Longhorns join. They're not going to do divisions. They're not going to do a West mm-hmm. and the East or whatever they do now. It's just going to be everybody play everybody, and the top two teams meet for the SEC championship. Which makes it more difficult to get a, to get your teams into the playoffs, in my opinion. It does because, well, but you got to remember, next year they start the 12 team. The 12 team, I know that. The yeah. 12 team, oh. so you're going to get – you're going to get at least three and maybe four. Well, mm-hmm. probably four SEC teams in the playoffs. Yeah. But I think what the product was today, and after watching Oklahoma and Texas, I would put Oklahoma and Texas against anybody in the SEC, including Georgia, who yeah. we're watching right now, because Georgia, two-time defending national champion. But you got to admit, they are not world beaters. They're not world beaters this year. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback is a little suspect, even though he threw a really nice touchdown pass earlier. I think Texas and Oklahoma could compete, could compete for the title right now. This year, maybe not next last year with Georgia, mm-hmm. but I think they, they showed well today. You know, it's, it's funny how quickly things can change in college football because eight hours ago, I think if you would have told me there's a chance Texas will go to the playoffs – there's a chance their quarterback is in New York for the Heisman ceremony. I would have thought, yeah, it's going to happen. Here we are. I think Quinn is out of the Heisman race. I think he he, he played great today, but those two interceptions killed him. He, he he lost his long ball, which was his bread and butter, especially during that Alabama game. And now Texas is in that uphill battle trying to get back into that playoff contention. Let me tell you something as a veteran of saying he's out of the Heisman race. I know there are a lot of great quarterbacks. I was the guy who said Ricky Williams was out of the Heisman race when he only had 47 yards one afternoon at Kansas State. I thought he's out of the Heisman race. He went crazy mm-hmm. and, and won the Heisman. But I don't, I don't expect Quinn to win the Heisman. But Quinn can uh, – and Quinn did not have a bad game, for goodness. He had, mm-hmm. he had a really bad – he had one bad pass uh, interception. The mm-hmm. other one was tipped. And then he had a, poor, a bad fumble. Yeah. And then – uh, the Longhorns, as we talked with Jeff Ward earlier, they get four cracks from the one-yard line and don't score. That's not his fault. That's the offensive line's fault for not blocking yeah. uh, three times for Jonathan Brooks, and then the fourth time, the pass it was just short. Well, you know, it was just it was disappointing for me, and not just even as a Texas fan, as a a fan of a good offense. It was disappointing to see to see Steve Sarkeesian abandon. His identity with the that offense. Yeah. The deep, the, Texas was bread and butter, the deep ball. Quinn Ewers throws one of the most beautiful, high-arcing, Russell Wilson-type passes, you know, where it touches the moon and falls into the cradle of Xavier's hands. We didn't see one of those today. Well, I think we saw one in the fourth quarter when it was desperation mode for Texas, but they abandoned that air it out, you know, uh, throw the long ball-type offense. And like Jeff said, they tried to punch him in the mouth early, and it failed. And I think Texas's game plan went up in flames, and it was kind of panic mode. We're gonna we're gonna run some trick plays, and we're gonna kind of go haywire with yeah. with you know left to right, left to right offense. I think that's a good point. Uh, it's it was interesting because 
we didn't see, and we saw Dylan Gabriel hit at least two of those long passes mm-hmm. that his receivers were able to find, much like, as you said, Quinn did uh, against Alabama. Yeah. And that was just gone. i got to credit Jordan Whittington today. Jordan Whittington, I think, had a terrific game, Ben. Mm-hmm. Ten catches for 115 yards, and they had trickery early in their game when Texas surprised them with a fake uh, punt, mm-hmm. and Jordan Whittington was able to get about 20 yards on that. So I, I think Jordan Whittington, to me, has got to be one of the players of the games for the Texas Longhorns, along with Jonathan Brooks. Yep. Good gosh, this guy just goes crazy again. 22 carries for 129. He averaged almost six yards a carry, which is awesome. Again, you look at these stats and you go, Quinn only missed six passes, 346, a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Brooks uh, has 129 yards rushing. Jordan Whittington has 10 catches for 115, and they lose. Yep. That's the tough thing. And as I said earlier, they outgained Oklahoma 527 to 486. But Oklahoma had the ball, uh, ironically, with no timeouts, and they were able to go not the length of the field but a long, long way mm-hmm. uh, to get to get the, the touchdown with only 15 seconds to play. Yeah, and uh... – you know, we, we had heard inklings all week long that Jadavion Sanders was not 100%. I think one catch for 13 yards tells us that was the case today. He had the uh, the dropped the drop ball that led to the interception early in the first quarter. That was devastating uh, for Longhorns. The first half, that was devastating for the Longhorns. And he didn't recover. They didn't go back to him the rest of the game. Uh, Donnie Mitchell, only three catches for 33 yards. He was all but... Uh, uh, disappeared today and so Texas really didn't have a good game he did not have a great game and I think it really really hurt Texas not having their tight end David Sanders be active in the game Gunner had the second tight end Gunner had a good game four catches for 67 yards and a touchdown with a 25 yard reception Jonathan Brooks again he had 34 yards so Jonathan Brooks had oh 160 total yards today Uh, but again Xavier Worthy eight catches for 108 that was a real quiet eight catches to me for Xavier Worthy Mm -hmm. And uh, you're right, uh, A.E. Uh, a. Mitchell only had three catches for 32 yards. Yep. So kind of a quiet, quiet afternoon for him. Bottom line is this, Longhorns have to right the ship, and they get a week off. Uh, they'll play the Houston Cougars uh, uh, two weeks from uh, today down at Houston. Don't know the time of that game. And uh, they need to right their ship and just try to get back on the, on the, win, on the win column as we go deeper in the season. We've got to take a break. After the news at the bottom of the hour, we'll have more from Dallas, and we'd love to hear from you at 512-836-0590. This is the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. Live from Dallas, brought to you by Plains Capital Bank, Howard Breen and Herman, and Covert and Bastrop, back after the news. Back on the End Zone Club, I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements as we broadcast live from the Lake Highlands Texas X's party here at Lake Highlands, home of some great football. Phil Dawson from Lake Highlands. Texas X's are here. Our show proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank, Howie Breen and Herman, Attorneys at Law, Covert and Bastrop, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Dirty Martin's Place, the historic Dirty Martin's Place, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, great Texas barbecue tonight from Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Delaware Sub, no baloney there, Delaware Sub tomorrow, the two-for-one, Cheese steaks all day long from Peter Dembski and the guys, and by SNB Amusements. Phone lines always open 512 836 0590. Longhorns fall today 
to the Sooners, 34-30. to Bama over the Aggies in College Station, 26-20. Let's get to the phone lines. Uh, our friend Mark Brooks, a former Longhorn All-American golfer, has called and wants to comment on this Texas game. Mark, welcome back to the show. And, man, you've seen a lot of these. This was one of the toughest losses I have ever seen in this series. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was uh, br- brutal. I, I agree with you guys. Brutal, brutal to... I guess experience it. I, I got an old-fashioned uh, version today. I listened to most of the game, obviously the last half on the radio. Yeah, so yeah. it was even more. It was more agonizing. Um, <laughs> I guess my takeaway is the mistakes. You know, because they're obviously on the radio, they're highlighting. They're they're giving us stats as we go through. Uh, a lot of penalties. A uh, lot of a lot of singular devastating plays. I thought. Quinn sack, even though it was only a three-yard loss in our next-to-last drive, was devastating to the outcome of the game. Personally, uh, just you—it's almost like you can't put him in a, even possibly in a position to take a loss there. Uh, we were running clock down, and I thought that was a devastating play on its face. So, I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm nauseated about it. I, I think Mark, the big play for me, the big series for me was Texas as a first and go from the one-yard line, first down from the one, and they can't get in. And uh, they threw the ball on the fourth and one, and Xavier Worthy was short on a kind of a strange play. I'm old school because I think if you're going to throw the ball on a fourth down, you damn well better throw it in the end zone. Don't throw it short of the end zone, which they did. I think that really motivated OU to say, hey, we're, we're pretty good. We're, we're still in this, baby. I, I totally agree with you there. It, I felt like I was listening to like a taped game from like the 1970s that I'm going to go run it into a stacked box, you know, repeatedly. It's, uh, I, you know, that's just not many, not many teams will do it, and it doesn't make any sense anymore. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's a stalemate. I mean, it's like rug, a rugby scrum. So, yes, I thought there was could have been more creativity on, you know, the second down call anyway. Uh, I agree with you. It's like, to me, that one goes without saying. We walked away with zero points. Uh, but you can, you can point to a lot of issues. We started behind the sticks, first and 15 a lot on, you know, dumb mental mistake penalties that cost us five yards, uh, not to mention the running into the kicker that was, you know, actually yeah. deemed a roughing the punter. Those are all huge mistakes and everybody says well look at all the positives i go this is the way i look at it they're supposed to do the right thing it's when they do the wrong thing that actually costs you the ball game so you know i know they did a lot of the right things that's what they're supposed to do and we got to eliminate the mistakes or that's why you have trouble beating the great teams Mm -hmm. well you know that that old definition of crazy is doing the same thing twice and expecting a different outcome yeah Uh, after that third after that third run from uh, from the one and they didn't get it, I think most Texas fans were pretty livid at that play call. And like you said, Pop, if you're going to throw the ball, you throw the ball to the end zone. Yeah, and you make yeah. sure that you're in the paint there. Uh, the play calling was it was interesting to me, Mark. We talked about this and the the, uh, the disappearance of the long ball identity Texas had really developed over the past five weeks. That was odd to me that, that Steve Sarkeesian's approach to this game was so vastly different than we've seen all season long, especially compared to the Alabama game, which in my opinion is one of the most hostile environments you can go to. And 
looking back to that game, and I hate to reminisce and look back, but Texas was so calm and so cool during that game in Tuscaloosa, and every second of this game in Dallas seemed like Texas was on their heels. Frantic, and they were frantic, too. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree, guys. They, the biggest it, credit I'm going to give is, you know, being 10 points down, they, they definitely showed heart, and they hung in there, and honest, honestly, they should have won the ball game. So, yeah. At the end, they should have won the ball game in the last four minutes. They they really had it. They had the game in their hands if they would have executed, and they didn't. So there, there we go. I, we're, I agree, we're Mark. For, yeah, we're I, I for think December second showdown, re 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 showdown. Well, and, and this is very reminiscent, Mark. You know, it's it's tough to beat a team twice in the same season, uh, let alone a Texas or an OU. But this is very reminiscent of Texas. You know, they beat Oklahoma. They had their rematch at uh, at Jira World, and Oklahoma got the better of them, and they went on to the playoffs. Could be a scenario like this this year because it'd be tough. I'm sure every OU fan would say the same thing. You don't want to face Texas no, again. No, I don't think they want to face Texas again. And it is so – you know, this was one of the deals, Mark. I thought to myself when, the, the, when uh, Bert Auburn kicked the field goal, I'm thinking this is exactly what this team needed. They're going to get a win. It's going to be a wake-up call, and they're going to win out, and they're going to go to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. But how different, how the world can change in about one minute and 15 seconds. <laughs> it sure is. Well, okay. that, that, I, I, that, sack, that sack was devastating on, on the outcome. I'm telling you, boys. Yeah. And we, we, we did run it, and we did kick the field goal, but you're right. Uh, a seven at that point would have looked a lot better than the three that Bert Armour got. Hey, thank you for calling, Mark. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to being with you for the Hannon Cup in a few weeks when Brandel Chambly comes to town. You'll be coaching uh, the pros, uh, be the captain of the pros, and then Brandel will be uh, on on the team as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for calling the End Zone Club. You got it. Well, the boys certainly outperformed our Ryder Cup, guys, so we'll give them that credit. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mark Brooks, a former Longhorn All-American golfer, former PGA champion. Pop, would you categorize this game today as a Oklahoma was devastatingly underrated all season long or Texas dropped a big old goose egg? Uh, I'm not going to – Oklahoma was undervalued and underestimated because we did it on the radio. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for five weeks because I'm saying, yeah – uh, they're kind of a paper line. Paper who they tiger. played is what you kept. Who, who, who they played? Everybody said that. Who they played? Who they, they played, played nobody. They, played. they have great stats. They're leading a lot of the categories and stats. Yeah. Who they played? Yeah. But the game plan from Brent Venables, what he did, and even though the Longhorns racked up a huge amount of yards, over 500 yards on offense, what he did to win the game was pretty awesome. This is a big day for Brent Venables. He needed this. Of course, Steve Sarkeesian needs it too, but Brent Venables, who was under fire for last year's performance as OU head coach, this is a big win for him. Big win for him. But uh, Oklahoma cannot rest on their laurels because mm-hmm. uh, they have not, they're far from punching their ticket mm-hmm. to Dallas on December 2nd because we talked about this earlier, but look at the rest of the schedule. Granted, well, they, they're off next week mm-hmm. too, but on the 24th, they play Central Florida. Central Florida is rotten because uh, I believe that uh, Kansas put 55 on them today. Mm-hmm. But then this gets really interesting for Oklahoma. They've got to play at Lawrence. And with Daniels, the quarterback yep. of Kansas, Hale and Hardy, watch out for that game, yep. Kansas at home. 
Then, November 4th, Oklahoma will play their final, final bedlam game. They go to Stillwater. And we all watched last night what Oklahoma State did to K-State. And that was they were, they were double-digit dogs last mm-hmm. night. So they've got to play at Oklahoma State. Then on number, November 11th, they host West Virginia. Can West Virginia continue their great play? I don't know. But that's going to be a big game. Then Oklahoma's got to go to BYU. Mm-hmm. That's a tough road deal. Yep. Tough road trip, and then they end the season with TCU yep. in Norman, which is no piece of cake with Sonny Dykes' team. Texas has the easier schedule the rest of the way. Houston on the 21st, BYU in Austin, K-State in Austin at TCU. Sonny Dykes has never lost to Texas, though. That's, that's concerning. November 18th is a trap. That's when they go play at Iowa State. Who are you going to get? Yep. The last time the Longhorns have, have, have faced a really good Iowa State team uh, in Ames, Iowa, then they close the season at home against Texas Tech. Well, I'll tell you, I, I would not want to be one of those Texas Longhorns for the next two weeks uh, watching that tape over again ahead of the Houston game, watching that tape, the redundancy of the practices with this Oklahoma game just stewing on your brain for the next two weeks. Yeah, and, and, and I am just – got to be – I'm really, really shocked about the way – the defense played. Mm-hmm. Poor tackling. Dylan Gabriel got loose so many times. Yep. You know, they gave up big plays against Wyoming, and they gave up a big play against Kansas, but it didn't hurt them. Yep. It didn't hurt them. But this really hurt them. They were continually hurt well, by Dylan Gabriel and this uh, Oklahoma well, offense. You know, a big story all season long for Texas is that D-line, the improvement of the D-line that we haven't seen in Austin in a long, long time. And they disappeared. There, there was no pressure on Dylan Gabriel, and when there was the slightest a bit of pressure, he was able to slither around and pick up five, ten yards on a whim. And they looked like they were gassed too in the fourth quarter. Yeah, again. they were. They were gassed on that last series. Yeah, there's no way that Oklahoma should score with with no timeouts and having to go seventy five yards in a, in less than two minutes. And it's unfortunate that Texas was exposed because another storyline going into this game was. Texas has not faced a real quarterback yet. They've had a bunch of backups that they faced. Kansas, backup quarterback. We saw what happened there. Daniels gets hurt, and Texas just blows Kansas out. Alabama, it was their starter, but there's been a lot of questions this year about Jalen Milrow. Texas was exposed today versus a very, very elite quarterback. They they were, and Dylan, Dylan Gabriel is an elite quarterback the way he played. Uh, let's get you some score updates from around the country before we go to break. Georgia leads Kentucky 14 to nothing in Athens at the end of the first quarter. Michigan over Minnesota in Minneapolis 7 to nothing. That's early on that game. Arkansas and Ole Miss are scoreless. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and Louisville are scoreless uh, in Louisville, Ohio State over Maryland 37-17 at one time that was a close game. UCLA has defeated Washington State. That's Washington State's first loss of the season, 25-17. Florida State continues to roll. They defeated the Hokies of Virginia Tech, 39-17. Alabama over the Ags, 26-20. Congratulations to our friend, Mac Brown. North Carolina undefeated. They're undefeated. They defeated Syracuse, 40-7, and they got a mammoth game next Saturday in South Bend against the Fighting Irish. Yeah, Sam Howell and the Fighting Irish have looked so good. Wait, not excuse me, not Sam Howell with Notre Dame. Um, uh, the transfer from yeah, Wake Forest, yeah, yeah. The Wake Forest transfer. Um, that guy has looked good. Yes, he has looked very good. Sam Howell Sam, plays for the Sam. What's his name? Sam Howell plays for the Commanders. Yes, now. excuse me, not Sam Howell. Um, 
Mac Brown Hartman. 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 Thank you, yeah. Hartman. Um, Mac Brown has done something with North Carolina that Texas fans have, have been desperate to see in Austin, bringing a team back from the dead and doing it without a lot of flash, without a lot of five stars. Mac Brown, he's doing in North Carolina what he did in Austin for, for a decade, just very – What's the word? Help me out. What's he's the English word for it? Workmanlike, workmanlike. Yeah, he has. Not, it's just, he's, he's quietly going about his business and yeah. winning these games. And I do. I predict that that they'll go to Notre Dame next week and they'll get a victory. I hope they do. That would be great. Okay, we need to take a timeout. After this timeout, more from the Lake Highlands, Texas X's party here. Uh, I see Austin over there. Peg, Steve, everybody here. Hook'em Horns Land. Longhorns fall today, thirty-four thirty. Our phone line draw was open. Five one two. Eight three six zero five ninety. Back more on the End Zone Club right after this timeout. It's Ed and Ben Clements uh, broadcasting live from Dallas. Past Ed sounds a lot better than current. It Ed. does. Yeah, the, past well, Ed is smooth. Well, I would no, And he knows that it's the End Zone Club I, and not the Fifteen Club. And I was going to say, past Ben sound is going to sound pretty smooth. He doesn't have that allergies or nothing. No, this is just you know uh, uh, me getting older, yeah, and puberty older. and stuff. Okay, End Zone Club. By the way, we're what? Go ahead. This is the End Zone Club live on uh, News Radio KLBJ live from the uh, Dallas Fort Worth Texas Exit Center. That's right. Uh, our show proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank. Thank you, Paul Hall. You're back. Howry, Breen, and Herman, attorneys at law. Randy Howry and crew. If you get in trouble, call Randy Howry and Howry, Breen, and Herman. Covert and Bastrop rocks and the guys closed today, but open in the morning at eleven o'clock at Covert and Bastrop. Sue Patrick, fifty-two twenty-two Burnett Road. All your Longhorn gear there. Pokey Joe's Barbecue. You want barbecue tonight? Make it. Pokey Joe's Barbecue's location throughout Austin and Central Texas. Delaware subs. No baloney there. Two for one cheesesteaks on NFL Sunday from Pete Adenskini and crew and by SNB Amusements. Pop, before we get into some NFL talk to close out the show, I, I want to give you my fun stat of the day. You know that Georgia has not covered a spread all season long? Georgia has not covered a spread. They have not covered a single spread. They're 0 for 5. And the, the line tonight is like 14 and a half. 14 and a half, and they have yet to cover a spread. They lead Kentucky right now 14 to nothing. Kentucky, a very, very good football team, but they're playing in Athens. We'll see if the Georgia Bulldogs can cover a spread. In your time, you're, you've gambled in your day back yeah. in the 70s and stuff with, sure. your, with your crooked bookies. Yeah. When is the last time you think a team went, went undefeated in spreads? You can – because the thing is with gambling, you can – you can lose a few games, but go undefeated against sure. the spread. What is well, it? The, the team that almost did it last year, I think they covered nine of 12 weeks was TCU. Yeah. TCU uh, came from nowhere. They covered a bunch of spreads last year. So that's interesting to me, Georgia. That's why they're going to lose yeah. at some point. They can't cover a spread. No, and they can't cover spread, and they're not as good as they have been. Speaking about TCU, TCU and Iowa State kicking off in just a few moments from Ames, Iowa. Uh, Sonny Dykes and crew are favored by six and a half. I believe TCU will bounce back against mm-hmm. Iowa State, but Iowa State's a tough place to play. It is, but TCU, coming off of that that heartbreaking loss against West Virginia yeah. uh, last week, a game that they should have won. Yeah, Sonny Dykes knows he let one slip out of his hands, so they're going to come out at, at Ames, and they're going to get some vengeance. Uh, Texas Tech plays at Baylor at 7 o'clock. You're thinking about going to the second half of that There's game? a chance that me and my fiance, my, my fiance is a Texas Tech uh, graduate. We might stop off in, in Baylor and check out that stadium. I think it's if I leave right now, I think I can get there by halftime. I think so, too. Drive fast. I think it's going to be a whale of a game. Texas Tech uh, needs to win. Baylor came from way back to defeat Central Florida. It's only Tech's favorite on the road by two and a half points. I, got, I actually game. might do that, Pop. Yeah, might do that. Game, it starts in four. 
what is it, an hour, an hour 45, and a half, hour and a half? 45, you'll be at their halftime. I can make it by halftime. 20 bucks, go heck get a hot yeah. dog. Heck yeah, go do that. Go jump in the river, uh, drown my sorrows. Our game, Oklahoma over Texas, 34-30. to 30. Uh, Longhorns and Sooners are both off next week. Big day in the NFL tomorrow, yep. highlighted by the Cowboys playing at San Francisco. Oof. And as we said earlier on this show, we've had a few weeks of the Longhorns winning, yep. the Aggies winning, and the Cowboys winning. Already this week. It's all going to hell this week. The Longhorns have lost. The Aggies lost. And I've said all week long, I have very little faith in the Cowboys tomorrow in San Francisco. Yeah, three-and-a-half point favorites. The uh, the 49ers are in San Francisco. Brock Purdy looks magical. Christian McCaffrey is one of the most exciting running backs we've seen in, Dabo. in, in, in decades. Dabo. Uh, George Kittle. Yeah, they're a very good team. Nick Bosa. Uh, that being said, Cowboys had one slip-up. All season long, I know they've they've only had you know four games, but one slip up. I think Cowboys go into San Francisco tomorrow and they get a victory. I think wow. they shock them. Their defense lines up really well against the Forty ers uh, Even though you got Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel's one of the most exciting receivers slash running backs, and Brock Purdy's fantastic. But I think that that, that Cowboys front is going to get enough pressure on on Brock Purdy that he'll make a few mistakes and they'll get a victory. That is the Sunday night game tomorrow on our sister station. 1027 ESPN, the NFL season, or schedule starts real early tomorrow morning. The Jaguars are in London to play the Buffalo Bills. Our friend Mitch Morris of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I look for the Bills to win this thing, but Jacksonville has spent the week in London because they played there a week ago in their victory over Atlanta. Pop, we gotta, we got we got to pick our teams here because we got two friends of the program. we got Zay Jones and the Jaguars, Mitch Morris and the Bills, we got to make a little bet here. I, I'll take the, I'll take what is it a uh, five Bills and five and a half points. I think Zay Jones gets a touchdown, and I'm taking Jaguars. You can all let you have Mitch in the Thank Bills you. tomorrow. I'll, I'd like Mitch more. By the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars soon to be the London Jaguars. Yeah, probably they've been there so. for two weeks. Yeah, they've been there for two. They whole might weeks. never come back. Yeah. Also, there was a strange story. Uh, the Titans played the Colts, and did you see today that the Colts yeah, signed their running back. Jonathan Taylor, they re-signed him. They signed him to a $42 million deal. He hasn't even touched the field yet. No, he hadn't touched the field. He didn't want to play. He didn't want to play because he was mad about his contract. But they he, called their, he called their bluff, and he's getting paid for it. Hey, we got to go. Many thanks to the uh, Dallas Texas Exes, the Texas Exes here at Lake Highlands. Ben, thanks a million. Glad you uh, were able to do the entire show. Longhorns lose today, 34-30. Isaac, thanks for a great job back in the studio. We'll see you next Saturday on the End Zone Club right here on KLBJ. Hook'em horns. Good night, everybody.